Chapter Four, Section Two of the Dancing Mania by Eustace Hecker, translated by Dr. Benjamin G. Babington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Four, Sympathy, Section Two. Example Three, in a Methodist chapel at Red Ruth a man during divine service cried out with a loud voice what shall i do to be saved at the same time manifesting the greatest uneasiness and solicitude respecting the condition of his soul some other members of the congregation following his example cried out in the same form of words and seemed shortly after to suffer the most excruciating bodily pain this strange occurrence was soon publicly known and hundreds of people who had come thither either attracted by curiosity or a desire from other motives to see the sufferers fell into the same state the chapel remained open for some days and nights and from that point the new disorder spread itself with the rapidity of lightning over the neighbouring towns of Camborne, Helston, Truro, Penryn and Falmouth, as well as over the villages in the vicinity. Whilst thus advancing, it decreased in some measure at the place where it had first appeared, and it confined itself throughout to the Methodist chapels it was only by the words which have been mentioned that it was excited and it seized none but people of the lowest education those who were attacked betrayed the greatest anguish and fell into convulsions others cried out like persons possessed that the almighty would straightway pour out his wrath upon them that the wailings of tormented spirits rang in their ears and that they saw hell open to receive them the clergy when in the course of their sermons they perceived that persons were thus seized earnestly exhorted them to confess their sins and zealously endeavoured to convince them that they were by nature enemies to christ that the anger of god had therefore fallen upon them and that if death should surprise them in the midst of their sins the eternal torments of hell would be their portion the over-excited congregation upon this repeated their words which naturally must have increased the fury of their convulsive attacks when the discourse had produced its full effect the preacher changed his subject reminded those who were suffering of the power of the saviour as well as of the grace of god and represented to them in glowing colours the joys of heaven upon this a remarkable reaction sooner or later took place those who were in convulsions felt themselves raised from the lowest depths of misery and despair to the most exalted bliss and triumphantly shouted out that their bonds were loosed their sins were forgiven 
and that they were translated to the wonderful freedom of the children of god in the meantime their convulsions continued and they remained during this condition so abstracted from every earthly thought that they stayed two and sometimes three days and nights together in the chapels agitated all the time by spasmodic movements and taking neither repose nor nourishment according to a moderate computation four thousand people were within a very short time affected with this convulsive malady the course and symptoms of the attacks were in general as follows there came on at first a feeling of faintness with rigour and a sense of weight at the pit of the stomach soon after which the patient cried out as if in the agonies of death or the pains of labour the convulsions then began first showing themselves in the muscles of the eyelids though the eyes themselves were fixed and staring the most frightful contortions of the countenance followed and the convulsions now took their course downwards so that the muscles of the neck and trunk were affected causing a sobbing respiration which was performed with great effort tremors and agitation ensued and the patients screamed out violently and tossed their heads about from side to side as the complaint increased it seized the arms and its victims beat their breasts clasped their hands and made all sorts of strange gestures the observer who gives this account remarked that the lower extremities were in no instance affected in some cases exhaustion came on in a very few minutes but the attack usually lasted much longer and there were even cases in which it was known to continue for sixty or seventy hours many of those who happened to be seated when the attack commenced bent their bodies rapidly backwards and forwards during its continuance making a corresponding motion with their arms like persons sawing wood others shouted aloud leaped about and threw their bodies into every possible posture until they had exhausted their strength yawning took place at the commencement in all cases but as the violence of the disorder increased the circulation and respiration became accelerated so that the countenance assumed a swollen and puffed appearance when exhaustion came on patients usually fainted and remained in a stiff and motionless state until their recovery the disorder completely resembled the st vitus's dance but the fits sometimes went on to an extraordinarily violent extent so that the author of the account once saw a woman who was seized with these convulsions resist the endeavours of four or five strong men to restrain her those patients who did not lose their consciousness were in general made more furious by every attempt to quiet them by force on which account they were in general suffered to continue unmolested 
until nature herself brought on exhaustion those affected complained more or less of debility after the attacks and cases sometimes occurred in which they passed into other disorders thus some fell into a state of melancholy which however in consequence of their religious ecstasy was distinguished by the absence of fear and despair and in one patient inflammation of the brain is said to have taken place no sex or age was exempt from this epidemic malady children five years old and octogenarians were alike affected by it and even men of the most powerful frame were subject to its influence girls and young women however were its most frequent victims example four for the last hundred years a nervous affection of a perfectly similar kind has existed in the shetland islands which furnishes a striking example perhaps the only one now existing of the very lasting propagation by sympathy of this species of disorders the origin of the malady was very insignificant an epileptic woman had a fit in church and whether it was that the minds of the congregation were excited by devotion or that being overcome at the sight of the strong convulsions their sympathy was called forth certain it is that many adult women and even children some of whom were of the male sex and not more than six years old began to complain forthwith of palpitation followed by faintness which passed into a motionless and apparently cataleptic condition these symptoms lasted more than an hour and probably recurred frequently in the course of time however this malady is said to have undergone a modification such as it exhibits at the present day women whom it has attacked will suddenly fall down toss their arms about writhe their bodies into various shapes move their heads suddenly from side to side and with eyes fixed and staring utter the most dismal cries if the fit happen on any occasion of public diversion they will as soon as it has ceased mix with their companions and continue their amusement as if nothing had happened paroxysms of this kind used to prevail most during the warm months of summer and about fifty years ago there was scarcely a sabbath in which they did not occur strong passions of the mind induced by religious enthusiasm are also exciting causes of these fits but like all such false tokens of divine workings they are easily encountered by producing in the patient a different frame of mind and especially by exciting a sense of shame thus those affected are under the control of any sensible preacher who knows how to administer to a mind diseased and to expose the folly of voluntarily yielding to a sympathy so easily resisted 
or of inviting such attacks by affectation an intelligent and pious minister of shetland informed the physician who gives an account of this disorder as an eye-witness that being considerably annoyed on his first introduction into the country by these paroxysms whereby the devotions of the church were much impeded he obviated their repetition by assuring his parishioners that no treatment was more effectual than immersion in cold water and as his kirk was fortunately contiguous to a fresh-water lake he gave notice that attendants should be at hand during divine service to ensure the proper means of cure the sequel need scarcely be told the fear of being carried out of the church and into the water acted like a charm not a single naiad was made and the worthy minister for many years had reason to boast of one of the best regulated congregations in scotland as the physician above alluded to was attending divine service in the kirk of baliester in the isle of unst a female shriek the indication of a convulsion fit was heard the minister mr ingram of fettler very properly stopped his discourse until the disturber was removed and after advising all those who thought they might be similarly affected to leave the church he gave out in the meantime a psalm the congregation was thus preserved from further interruption yet the effect of sympathy was not prevented for as the narrator of this account was leaving the church he saw several females writhing and tossing about their arms on the green grass who durst not for fear of a censure from the pulpit exhibit themselves after this manner within the sacred walls of the kirk in the production of this disorder which no doubt still exists fanaticism certainly had a smaller share than the irritable state of women out of health who only needed excitement no matter of what kind to throw them into prevailing nervous paroxysms when however that powerful cause of nervous disorders takes the lead we find far more remarkable symptoms developed and it then depends on the mental condition of the people among whom they appear whether in their spread they shall take a narrow or an extended range whether confined to some small knot of zealots they are to vanish without a trace or whether they are to attain even historical importance End of chapter 4, section 2